Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Psycho Cinematic. Today, we are covering the movie The Menu, directed by Mark Mylod. And as always, spoilers ahead. So now when I was watching this movie, I immediately wrote down, this movie is Hell's Kitchen meets blank. And then after the movie, my wife was like, I think it's Saw. Hell's Kitchen meets Saw which it's not as bloody or gory or anything like that, but it is someone enacting some sort of judgment and punishment on people who deserve it, at least in his eyes. His being the chef, Julian Slowick. So the first thing that struck me about this movie was when Margot is trying to light up a cigarette in the beginning when they're waiting for the boat to arrive and Tyler's like, no, don't do that. You're going to ruin your palate. And I immediately wrote down, since my wife and I have been watching a ton of Hell's Kitchen, that damn near every chef smokes. And a lot of them will still smoke before like the normal challenges, often involving taste. Taste it now, make it, or blind taste test. They, they still smoke. And the second thing, I saw this on IMDb, but apparently I didn't catch this when I was watching it. Uh, at one point, Margot is smoking a cigarette with Lillian. So she's smoking and she's a food critic, kind of signifying that she can be giving out unfair reviews, hence why she is even at that restaurant, Hawthorne. When the price comes up of $1,250 per head, I was thinking that that was going to be foreshadowing for like your head basically on a platter, you know, some cannibalism going on. However, I was wrong. So they start getting into the courses and when they get to the breadless bread plate, first of all, I thought that was hilarious. This entire movie had way more comedy in it than I was expecting. I had seen before I watched it, someone say that this was a horror comedy as like, the trailer didn't make it look like that. I feel like there's no way it's a horror comedy. Totally is. But I think the breadless bread plate is just one of many punishments that Chef Slowick is dishing out to these people. No pun intended. Like they're so rich, they don't get the poor man's bread, which is what everyone actually wants. You know, everyone's hungry. But the thing is, these people are so stuck up in their own little ways that it's like, no, nah, you don't even deserve it. And you'd probably just complain about it anyway. You would probably say that the bread is broken. <laughs> So now Julian Slowick, the chef, I think that his last name is symbolic, Slowick. What would that mean? Well, a candle wick, a candle gets burned out slowly, a slow wick. I think that he has been slowly burned out because of all these horrible people that he serves at his fine dining restaurant. And now he's ready to snap. And the next piece of symbolism that I saw was as they are eating the first few courses, the sun is setting in the background. So as the sun is setting, things are becoming more uncomfortable and more uneasy and literally and figuratively becoming darker. So now Jeremy, the star of the course, the mess, the man who shoots himself in the mouth, they say that he is from Sparks, Nevada, which is where I live. <laughs> when we were watching this in a the theater, we were like, what? Like, first of all, that, that's just crazy. I mean, our town's literally right next to Reno, and Reno would be a more noteworthy city to say, I'm sure not a lot of people out there know of Sparks, Nevada, but that's probably the point. They're probably making a jab at Jeremy's character for just, you know, he's, he's a good chef, but he's not great, and he'll never be great. So you're not even the biggest little city, which is Reno. You're this little sister city off to the side. Right after Jeremy shoots himself, the body language of all of the workers in the restaurant just changes. It gets so eerie. They they go from, you know, 
just being a kind of strange restaurant to now they're all just ready to throw down with anyone. And, you know, that guy loses his finger for trying to leave. When they move on to allowing people to get a head start to try and escape the island, that scene is crazy. But honestly, I think it could have been a lot crazier had they spent a little bit more time on it because that's intense. Just the fact that they are running and we don't know the stakes. I mean, we just saw someone lose their finger, but we're like, are you going to get murdered if they catch you? You expect that something really bad's going to happen and this would have been a great time to add crazy suspense, maybe even a jump scare. But they didn't really do it that much, but it was still intense and still freaky. And then the last guy to get caught, <laughs> special bite for the last guest to be caught. That is so funny when he's hiding in the chicken coop. This movie really does add a ton of tasteful comedy. Another pun, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we find out that Tyler has been made aware that people were going to die at this dinner well in advance and he still comes and he has to bring a guest because you cannot dine alone. So it's just so crazy that Tyler is just obsessed, but yet he's still one of the people who tries to escape. I'm wondering if he's actually afraid or if he just wants to participate with everything that the chef is putting on for them. So Tyler ends up killing himself after he makes a mediocre meal for the chef. And I gotta say, I love all the title screens with the plates that are being served. And the title of Tyler's, I believe was Tyler's bullshit, but in the list of ingredients, it says undercooked lamb. It's just, it's so funny. And another funny moment when the actor's mistress wants to see if she can be freed. She's talking about how she went to Brown and the chef is like, did you use student loans to go? And she's like, no. And he replies, sorry, you're dying. <laughs> so at one point, Margot is sent to go and get a barrel and then she runs into the hostess. The hostess tries to attack her and she kills the hostess. But my wife pointed out an interesting thing that the hostess seems representative of the people in the food industry, but enacting every bad thought that they've had about the guests because they're constantly being treated like shit. So Margot ends up calling for help on that radio. And when I was thinking about this after the fact, it's so mind blowing that the guy who comes to rescue them is an employee already. He's in on it. So that is planned and when you think about the fact that he even says to the actor like hey aren't you that actor from that one movie and it's the movie that the chef hates that's all planned and i think it's just to take a further dig at him for being washed up talent and then also give everyone a false sense of hope just to crush it pretty crazy but while Margot was in the chef's cottage she sees that old frame photo of him happy cooking a burger he was a lot younger then and you can see the passion in him and so when she goes back to the restaurant she says how she's not satisfied wants to send the food back and asks for a burger and you can see the sense of passion and joy in cooking come back into him while he's cooking it and therefore lets her live because she brought a little bit of that passion back because he was cooking with obsession and the passion had died. Now this leads me into the joke more of the story slash review and that is that this movie is a 10 out of 10 because if I try and critique it the writers and the director might turn me into a s'more. So Rotten Tomatoes the critics gave it 89% and the audience gave it 80% which I think both are fair. I thought this movie was really good and I would be down to watch it again because I'm sure I would pick up on more things with the next one to three watches of the movie and I could definitely watch it again without being tired of it. Now really my only critiques are 
certain scenes were a little bit predictable, like, you know, with the mess, we know he's gonna end up killing himself in front of everyone. And I'm sure they're not trying to trick you at that point. Overall, the movie was not predictable, but the individual scenes ended up being predictable. And then also the chase scene where they give them the head start to run off. I do wish that they would have made that more suspenseful because that was by far the most intense point for me, if not when the Coast Guard boat dude, whoever comes in to rescue them. Those two were the most intense scenes, I thought. And so it would have been really cool had they kind of milked it a little bit. So I will give this movie an eight and a half out of 10. I really enjoyed it and I highly recommend you watch it if you're one of the weird people who just wants to get spoilers first and then you go watch the movie. But if you've already seen it, please let me know down in the comments what you thought. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave me a thumbs up. And then don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And I'll see you in the next one.